Welcome to Behavioral Health Today, a podcast brought to you by the Triad Network. This podcast is designed to share trending topics occurring within the world and our communities and bring them a behavioral and mental health perspective. Welcome to Behavioral Health Today, a Triad production. I'm your host, Dr. Graham Taylor, and today I'm joined by Brandon Jones and Oliver Lubin. Brandon is the CEO of Triad, the leading provider of education, community, and career resources for behavioral mental health professionals. Brandon has 20 years of experience in education and ed tech, business leadership, and people development. Before coming to Triad, Brandon spent nearly two decades at Kaplan Test Prep, starting his career as an SAT teacher and working his way up to become the president of Kaplan's Test Prep's largest operating unit. Oliver is the chief technology officer at Triad. Oliver has over 20 years of creative marketing and product experience. Prior to joining Triad, Oliver co-founded ThreadUp.com, the largest online resale and thrift store. Both Brandon and Oliver are returning guests to the show, and in our last episode together, we spoke about the influences and creation of the Triad community. And today, I'm so excited to have them back to talk about the updates that have occurred since the last months we've been together on the community. Guys, great to have you back. Welcome. It's great to be here with you, Graham and Oliver. Glad to be back. Nice to have you guys. Well, as I mentioned, in my excitement to have you back, I want to get an update on all that's evolved and grown within the Triad community over the last five months or so since we first spoke. But as we start out, Brandon, give us a reminder of what the Triad community really is. Yeah, thanks, Graham. So the Triad community offers education, community, and career resources for behavioral mental health professionals, organizations, and employers. Uh, in, in short, it's the LinkedIn for behavioral mental health. Yeah. So it's resources curated especially for this population and all for free. We like to say that we are unapologetically niche. We don't have resources for oncologists or radiologists or full stack engineers or marketing managers just for behavior mental health professionals. And we think that's a special population and we're trying to do a special thing for them. Yeah, really good. You know, I, I remember in our first talk, we were describing, you know, Triad Community Network being kind of a hub for education and community and career resources for behavioral and mental health professionals and employers, as you mentioned. And liking it to Lincoln, I really like it as it allows mental health practitioners to make connections with their colleagues, engage in trending content, CEs for licensure, employment opportunities. And our members have the opportunity to explore the products and the services offered, as you're mentioning, by our partners that you guys have done such a phenomenal job of making connections with, and I am totally down with a price tag of membership. Yeah, free is hard to compete with. Uh, <laughs> I think ev everyone can afford free. I guess I'll, I'll we'll put it that way. Free ninety nine. There love you that. go. You know, for our listeners too, I want you guys to appreciate what the membership is open to. It is for MFTs, for social workers, for mental health counselors, psychologists, and our behavioral analysts colleagues. It's for students, pre licensed professionals licensed and certified healthcare professionals, schools, mental health professional organizations, and employers, as Brandon mentioned so far. So since we last spoke, I know that there's been some growth, Brandon, give us a sense of, and kind of give us an update for what's been taking place in terms of that growth. Yeah, it's been exciting. Our last show, uh, I think dropped on October 21st, but I know when it was recorded, it was July 15th. That was my birthday. So since, since then, since we recorded, especially we've had a tremendous amount of activity on the platform. So when we met to record in July, we had about 5,000 professionals on Triad, which is a good number. 
Uh, it's bigger since. So that number is now 60,000 professionals, nice. a little over 60,000. Uh, we have many thousands of students and professionals visiting the site each month. Uh, and that, that number continues to grow. So, you know, in terms of the activity, we've seen a, a material uptick and also in terms of what resources are available. So we've mentioned students a couple of times and just yeah. for that population. So students who are in graduate school or pre-licensed or in their practicums looking to prepare for licensure exam, which is yeah. obviously not the terminal outcome of this process, but it is an important hurdle in it. We have launched dedicated study groups for each of those licensure exams. Several hundred will soon become several thousand mm. students in each of those groups, all of whom who are going through exactly the same process at exactly the same time yeah. and moderated by a licensed professional who is also an exam prep expert. So I think that's, that's an example of a cool new resource that's available through Triad. Can you name, just go back over that last part. It's not just a group of people coming together, but there's somebody that's in there to help facilitate and kind of walk them through. Talk about that component of it, would you? Yeah, that's right. So it's it's two parts to it. So one, I'm going to say both parts of it. Uh, again, one is people who are going through a similar experience as you. I think that, you know, as someone who, I don't know if that I thought this was going to be my career when I set out to it, but has spent his career in education, ed tech, and exam prep specifically, I know that the test prep experience can be a, a pretty lonely process. I mean, you know, you're got your head in a book or in online resources. You've got this hurdle that beyond which is really what you want to be doing. And you're going it alone by and large. So, so one part of the study groups is having access to other people who are having a shared lived experience right now. The other side is that each of those communities, each of those study groups is moderated by a licensed professional who is also an exam prep expert. Really good. So, you know, you have access to share your experiences, but also ask questions. Those can be content questions or experiential questions about, you know, what the Prometric or Pearson Testing Center experience is going to be like. All of those things that really matter. Yeah. You have someone who's gone through that process, who's an expert in that process, along with hundreds and soon thousands of other people going through that today at the same time. That's really good. And that covers all of our licenses, MFTs, psychologists, mental health Correct. counselors. We RPCPA, have dedicated. Yeah. Yeah. Those. We have dedicated study groups for psychology, social work, marriage and family therapy, yeah. behavior analysis, counseling, and then also subgroups like law and ethics. You know, for the law and ethics exam, there's a dedicated group to that. So one of the things that's, that's maybe most true about Triad is we want to get people content that is curated for them. So someone who's studying for the EPPP, a test you know well, Graham, is not uninterested in the social work licensure exam, but it's not mm -hmm. super relevant to her. Yeah. So rather than just have her get content about everything, we want her to get content just about those things that matter to her. Yeah. And that's not just true about our study groups, but it's also true of really of the entire triad community. And as we continue to grow, I think we'll be able to continue to make the content that is super relevant to someone in the moment when she needs it. And I think we are doing that and can do even more of that through Triad over time. Yeah. I think that dual nature of that is, is such the coolest thing. I, not just the relevant content and content that is research driven and based on what folks are needing to know to be successful in the passing of their licensure and knowing that when they come in, this is the content that's going to be most important. For example, in psychology, I know there's just about, oh, about a thousand, if you would, maybe key terms using that word 
key terms that are necessary, but you don't have to know all thousand key terms in this field. You need to know about 800, maybe 750, and you need to know them really, really well to be able to answer 250 questions on the exam. And what our test prep does so very well is it identified the core content that's going to be most necessary to master. And I think that makes the studying efficient and effective. And then the other dual piece of this, I, I, I can't encourage enough people to appreciate just the importance of the development in the study groups. <laughs> the stressors in the licensure process are significant, like you said, and the process is inherently an isolating one. And the process that most don't, you know, that don't go through this, don't can't and, and, and can't fully understand unless they've gone through it. And in many ways, what you said is exactly right. It's a process where it kind of takes one to know one to understand these inherent challenges. So these study groups provide, like you said, that community of like others who get it and then get to be in the journey together, but they're not sheep walking around blindly. They've got someone to kind of shepherd them through the process, which is very, very important. Another thing that we've been doing, if some folks got to experience it in November, we had our first study session, which was a live Oh, yeah. event where we were kind of experimenting with additional ways. So to Brandon's point about very specific niche content, yeah. Yeah. you know, we're experimenting with ways that folks can get really, really deep on a small subject at a small period of time and, and kind of work with a person that is an expert there yeah. and kind of hear how they might think about it. We talked about statistics, yeah. Dr. Ranieri, on the team was was leading that. And I think that's just the first of many explorations I think we are going to be making in trying to find ways that give people a very focused opportunity to look at the material and, and really yeah. allow them to pick and choose where they're spending their time and where they might need a little extra help. And this is available to the community. Yeah, that's so significant. And I'm glad you're jumping in here. And I do want you to jump in. But I but I first want to remind our listeners how instrumental you've been in the visioning and the planning of this community. And your background, as I mentioned earlier on, was in developing a platform for threadup.com. It's a, a secondhand clothing market, which grew a company with over a billion dollar valuation. So this is significant. What I'm interested, I want to talk a little bit about some of the things that are going on, but I want to understand first how you envisioned the development of the Triad platform, given your platform development experience. Tell us a little bit more. So it's interesting. There's a few fundamentals, I think, that kind of apply broadly. What's so, and obviously interesting off the bat is the fact that, you know, within the jobs marketplace, we're talking about a two-sided market. So understanding how to balance jobs and job seekers or job seekers and enough jobs. And so that's been a thing that we've been exploring and we'll talk more about the jobs marketplace and changes that, that have, have happened. But I think there are a few things I think are true. I tend to not subscribe to the status quo. It's just a part of my nature. But I think what that usually means for product development is that I approach things with a bit of an open mind, you know, the beginner's mindset. And I just try to make sure that I'm really understanding what could be, not what is. And, and I think perhaps that has allowed me to you know, work in this industry and learn things, even though I'm unfamiliar with the industry, it's, it gives me the opportunity to kind of learn on the go, but yeah. apply those principles to the yeah. work. I think another principle that I believe in is that people tend to vote with their actions, no matter what they might tell you. We try to keep an eye on what people are doing, not necessarily what they're saying. 
and how they're engaging with the products is a, a great reflection of what is and isn't working. And our job is to try and tease out what about that is indicative of what is and isn't working and what problems is it actually solving. Yeah, I'd like to flag that and come back to that in just a moment to get a little bit better understanding of what you're seeing people's behaviors be like and what they're doing with their actions. Let me just flag that, but continue around uh, sure. just the other things that are going on and, and how you're thinking about developing the platform. We take a relatively rapid approach to product development and an iterative one. And so there's this balance between going really fast and making things that are just good enough yeah. and spending a lot of time making something perfect only to learn at the end that it's not quite right. And so we, we kind of swing hard towards the rapid iteration and learn as quickly as possible and we adjust. And so we actually are working on a number of different things concurrently, but we are trying yeah. to learn and we are applying those learnings to the next iteration. And I think it's been something that folks probably have seen as we you know, roll out additional features and various different functionality across the board. Yeah, really. And then lastly, I think I'll say is that you know customer feedback is critical to this process. It is a critical component of the how we do product development. And we try to talk to as many customers as possible. Yeah, it's really kind of a living kind of organism in a way is that kind of living in its development and emerging into kind of the evolution that's going to best meet the needs. Tell me some of the actions uh, that you see folks taking as they engage with our products. What are people doing on, 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 the, on the community? So for example, you know, people updating their profiles and okay. providing information about their professional experience or their professional expertise. If we launch a certain feature of functionality that allows them to do that, People we've talked to and said, oh, yeah, I would love to do that. But mm -hmm. then if they don't do it, it tells us something about how right. easy was it to do? Was it easy to understand that it was an option? Are we asking the right questions? Is yeah. it apparent how that information might be valuable once it's been entered? And so our job is to really understand not just like the interest in it, but rather the need and the use. And yeah. so... That's, a, that's an example. I think other things are folks looking at jobs or mm -hmm. our job partners interacting with our mental health professionals and, and proactively reaching out. We see an increasing amount of that type of activity. You know, other things like even, for example, in the beginning with study groups, I remember speaking with a, a customer, I think the day we announced it, mm -hmm. and they were very excited and they were asking me, all these questions that I actually had no idea the answer to, you know, how often are we going to be having content in there and who's going to be in there and, and what topics are we going to cover? And I thought, oh gosh, you know, these are all the answers that we need to have. Right. And we knew that those were the questions that would be asked, but we didn't have all the answers yet. And that's, that's okay because this yes, is. is an evolving product. And today I think is very different than last week, which is very different than say three weeks before that. And yeah. the interaction and the engagement of our customers, not just us pushing stuff out there and saying, this is what we're doing. That I think is the key, which is we want this to be great for you. Yes. Not you just use it how we say it needs to be used. Yeah, I really like that. We'll be right back after word from our sponsor. Continuing education is both a requirement and a learning opportunity, but finding the right CE provider can be challenging. 
AATBS, a triad company, offers continuing education for psychologists, social workers, marriage and family therapists, counselors, and behavior analysts. CE courses are available both individually and as part of our new All Access Pass. All Access Pass provides a library of over 250 unique courses. That's more than 800 hours of CEs, with new courses being added every month. As a special offer, Behavioral Health Today listeners can save 15% on CE purchases. Visit us at aatbs.com bht and enter promo code bht15 during checkout. That's aatbs.com bht. Check out our library and check off your CE requirements today. You're looking to make it, you know, you're trying to assess the goodness of fit. What are people going to be needing? What can we provide? And how can we help them be successful in the ways that their needs present? That's so good. Hey, give us an update as you're talking about this. You mentioned the job marketplace. Give us an update in some additional detail on where that part of the community is at this point, the jobs marketplace. Sure. So we've been onboarding additional jobs marketplace employer partners over the months. Uh, I think today we have over a thousand jobs listed and we are doing a lot to increase that number, maybe even 10 X in the coming months. So, you know, the jobs that we have on there are for full-time jobs, part-time jobs, you know, side jobs, gig jobs, supplemental income jobs. So if you're looking for your next full-time assignment or you're looking for a way to just make a little extra money, you know, there's something on triad for you. We've also been trying to figure out ways of making the jobs more obviously relevant to different segments of folks. So for example, labeling certain jobs as entry level or trying to find jobs that are internships or jobs that have qualified supervision available in the job. So things like that, that we know are kind of make the jobs themselves that much more relevant. Really good. You know, I love the idea too, of the uh, internship component to it. That's such a very stressful thing when folks are done with their classroom experience and they get to go into internship to gather those hours towards licensure. So these are some great opportunities for folks to come in whether they're newly licensed, whether they've been practicing for a while, but want to add something on or maybe expand some things. In terms of the employment partnerships that's been developing in such a significant way, can you give us a sense of the types of employment positions that might be being offered? Any specifics that we could uh, share? Yeah, I'll hop in here. So we have all kinds of different employer partners. So from the very big in-person multi-site providers, Pathways is one of our partners. They have over 800 open jobs to the very small. The Central Iowa Psychological Services, SIPS, has one open job. And then also very different types of roles. So roles that are full-time clinician roles in-person, on-site, in a facility, to something that, you know, we talk about full-time, part-time, and gig time, something that, you know, maybe a way to supplement your income through uh, Presence Learning is one of our, our partners, which provides occupational therapy, speech therapy, and behavioral health to schools, K-12 schools virtually. Lots of cool. different kinds of employer partners and different kinds of jobs, which is why just to borrow language that Oliver said, you know, what, whatever it is that you're looking to do with your time, there is something on Triad. Yeah. For you, I spend a lot of my time talking to employers. So I'm, you know, as the CEO of, of Triad, I'm 
I'm a bit of an outdoor cat. I spend a lot of my time outside these four walls. And right now, uh, workforce and workforce needs both recruiting the employees you don't have and retaining the employees who you do is absolutely critical. It is the I mean, the most acute people are using superlative language, and I think probably appropriately so, the most acute it has ever been. Mm. The unemployment rate in some of these markets is less than one half of 1%. The demand for mental health services in some of these markets is up 5x. Yeah. And if you don't have the staff to support the demand that you have, not only from a commercial perspective, not only are you not able to book that business, but you're also not providing the care that the community is hand raising and say, we need, you know, we've all lived through 2020. We've all lived through 2021. We, we are suddenly becoming awoken to the fact that, that, you know, what we could use is some mental health services. If you're not able to meet those needs, it's really hard. And so, um, we think it's really important and this is a feature of the jobs marketplace to not just be reaching people who are searching for jobs actively, but also be reaching people who have jobs mm-hmm. because there is a tremendous turnover in this market. These jobs are hard. You know this, Graham, you've been a practitioner, but especially if you are you know, a, a social worker or someone working in a community mental health organization where you're dealing with people, some of whom's needs are, are really acute Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a that's a high stress and high turnover position in many cases, and and looking for what's important for you. It's not just about the compensation. You know, everybody could come into a field other than behavioral mental health and and make more money. It's not people are not that the remuneration doesn't matter, but that's not the primary reason. I think that people come and stay in behavioral mental right. health. It's the relationship that an organization has with its client base, or the relationship it has. You know, with its colleagues, the 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 culture that it has, or the kinds of facilities that that it provides, or the kind of care that it provides, yeah. those are all things that that prospective employees, professionals in the market, can learn about an organization, even if you're not looking for a job today, through Triad. And I think that's that's, right. that's something that's that's pretty exciting. You know, what I think is exciting about that too is this: this is a field where you know folks will practice for a decade, maybe two, and then decide, you know, I've 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 loved what I've been doing, but I might want to look to branch out into another realm of mental health. And and it is there are so many opportunities in this field. Whether you want to work with kids, you want to work, you know, in an agency, you want to work with, you know, couples, families, whatever it may be, trauma, and all uh, the opportunity that's inherently a part of this field, you can go into a variety of areas. And sometimes what we find as practitioners, different seasons of our profession open us up to different areas of interest. And so this idea that here's this marketplace that has these variety of jobs, you can come in almost kind of like a candy store and say, hey, what might I want to do for the next five years? Something in complement to what I'm doing or something brand new and fun? What a great opportunity. Yeah, and I think, and and not to get you know overly sort of feature focused in this conversation, but just to call it a couple things. As those seasons change, yeah, just because you've worked with kids, say you may not want to work with kids in your next assignment, or Absolutely. you know, like that that may change as as I like the your language that Graham just used again. The seasons change for you. Your past should not be limiting for your future. I think That's that. Right. Frankly, in behavioral health, that's the core thing we all believe, right? Is that right. your past doesn't have to define your future. You can exercise agency. And I think that Jobs Marketplace in a very narrow, you know, professional looking for your next career sense can help you do that. So yeah. one of the things, because we are unapologetically niche to use that language again, 
uh, we can offer very industry specific filtering for what kinds of jobs. So this is the too technical part, but I'm still going to say it anyway, because I think it's interesting. So we ingest jobs into jobs marketplace and we have a a proprietary piece of software that sits on top of that and does deep tagging for those jobs. So you can tell that this job is a social work job, not a psychologist job, but also this is on-site versus hybrid, but also the types of populations and diagnoses, et cetera, that you'd be working with. And you can use that to filter your search. This is, you know, when you're at a candy store, too much candy can be overwhelming. You know, but if you know exactly which aisle you want to go look at and what color packaging you want to want to look at, we don't actually sell candy, but uh, I can imagine, um, you know, this is similarly, it's, if you thought about all of the jobs that were available to a therapist today, there's too many and and you want to be able to have a way to get really, again, hyper-focused on what is right for you. And you can do that, I think, uniquely really through Triad. Yeah, that's the heart of kind of what I'm saying as well. And you're highlighting those the the different phases of our career, which is a lovely part of the mental health practitioner careers that you don't have to be stuck in one thing for the full time. I find just a little anecdotally, I find some colleagues of mine when their kids go away to college or they begin to kind of get their own families and individuate, which is all healthy and good. I find some of my colleagues that have worked primarily with adults starting to do some more child-related work, you know, almost like they want to kind of prolong a little bit of their contact and their connection right. with kids. And it's kind of cute to watch, but it's, that's the opportunity in this field. Uh, or maybe with families, you know, um, or maybe college students, and they begin to kind of broaden, broaden some of their focus. And, and that's, the, that's a, an awesome part of this. Can field. I just add one additional thing to what Brennan has said? Yeah. And sorry to interrupt you, Graham, but no, go. if you think about the thing that we've built, which is there's this jobs marketplace, we have these professional profiles also. And so in the same way that Brandon is talking about all of those details that are available in a job, we've made those same components, same characteristics available on an individual profile so that you as an individual can go in and say, I do have this expertise in this specific treatment or this population or these languages. And so we're trying to make it such that both sides have the ability to be as detailed about themselves and uniquely distinctive as possible. And so we've made some improvements there. There's additional improvements coming. And I'm sure at some point today, I'd love to talk a little bit about licenses and license assistant too, because that also talks to the different seasons of your career and how people may want to pursue new things or may want to understand how hard it would be or not to pursue new opportunities or new licensures or licensures outside of the state that they're already in. Sure. So there's, should, there's yeah. more there that we are working on. That's, that's pretty exciting. Well, let's, let's segue into that part right now. Let's jump into, sure. you know, as you look down the road and you're envisioning where the triad community gets to go and the things you're going to be looking to add and the needs that you're hearing people presenting, give us a sense of that. So we've heard from a number of folks around the, challenges, let's call it, in getting licensed in another state or in a state that is not their home state. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's for logistical reasons. Sometimes it's for information reasons. Sometimes it's for unknown reasons, like the, your, the curriculum that you took doesn't quite meet the requirements of that state. And you have to go and take a class that you didn't have a credit for, whatever those things are. And so I think our goal is to hopefully build a resource that allows folks to know 
what they need to know so that they can make informed decisions much faster. That's like the key of it. So whether it's, there's no surprises around what curriculum are required. There's no surprises around what CEs, there's no surprises around what it takes and, and certain characteristics that you need to have in order to make an application in this state or that state. We're pulling together all those resources. On the flip side though, what we're doing is we're building a product that allows you to enter and store all of your existing credentials and that product will then send you reminders around when those things need to be renewed and what is required for that renewal. And if something has changed in the last couple of years for that renewal, it also will help you understand if, for example, if you have to take CEs across multiple different licensures, which CEs could you take to minimize the total number of CEs that you have to take because this one versus that one yeah. can be applied to more than one of your very cool. licensure requirements. Yeah. Those are all great things. I'm currently working out of state right now. And you're talking about if I'm going to be practicing and with the, you know, kind of the advent of telemental health and being able to do that, there are some restrictions regarding, you know, being portable as a, as a therapist to do online sessions. And sometimes based on the state laws for like, you know, for mental health practitioners and also for some of the insurance coverages, these are all things that folks don't oftentimes know all the information about. And it can be a very onerous process to find that out. Right. I've got a couple of colleagues looking to do that right now, people they've seen in their state and the patients are moving to another state and they want to maintain some continuity of treatment, but you are not licensed in that state. So you've got to go through the jurisprudence and the licensure process. So what you're talking about really bridges a very challenging and sometimes very difficult to get clear road for practitioners that want to be able to, you know, practice a little bit more across, across state lines. So I really, really like that. Yeah. And to your point about teletherapy, we yeah. have recently just started rolling out a number of guides that mm -hmm. specifically address the requirements of teletherapy or the rules on teletherapy across all states yeah. on all five of the professional fields that we uh, work with. And so those are available by way of the community. They will be increasing and adding additional detail. So take a look at the community and you'll find those guides. And if there are questions that you have after reading them or things that you wish were in there that aren't there, I'm talking to all, anybody who's listening today. Yeah. Let us know. We want to know how to make these things better for you. Yeah, I, I love that. I know we're uh, kind of coming down in our time and I want to share with our listeners how they can get in touch with this. But I want to talk about one other piece that I know you're doing too. And it's a critical piece for the licensure hours, et cetera. You're talking about something about supervision and how tr the, the TRAG community might provide uh, a portal for this being determined. Can you say a little bit more about that part? Sure. We are looking into ways of connecting qualified supervisors with folks who are seeking qualified supervision. Yeah. And there are a number of different ways that we might be able to achieve this. We are exploring a number of different things, but I think the key is that as a community, as the centralized point in this, this ability for folks to connect with each other, that is kind of the start. We have, you know, various folks with different um, experience levels, Sometimes it's a lot of students that are looking for this. Sometimes it's a, a person with qualified supervision credentials that, that has the ability to support somebody. Right. But building that connection between folks is, is a key there. I think we also want to help 
folks understand what are the requirements around qualified supervision? Mm -hmm. What do you need to do? How do you need to record these things, et cetera? And then we're also exploring what it would take to help folks actually become qualified supervisors. If it's something that you're interested in, we've heard that it actually helps you when you're pursuing a new job. It's a, it's a differentiating factor. Sometimes it actually allows you to command a higher salary. So we see this as a, an ever-present component of this industry. Folks need qualified supervision. They need qualified supervisors. And we believe we can act as a bit of an intermediary to connect folks and help facilitate um, those needs in a much more efficient way. Yeah, outstanding. Brandon, anything you might want to add about as we vision down the road, what's coming up? Jump in this. Yeah, so I, I think Oliver did a great job there uh, talking through a number of things that are, are pretty proximate. And I know we're running short on time. So at the risk of this sounding a little like a lightning round, I will just say we have a bunch of other things that we're currently working on, uh, practice management, uh, EHR solution, really helpful for people getting into private practice as a solo practitioner or a small practice. And then really anything else, if I can just put this thought out there to our listeners, if there's something that you as either a pre-licensed clinician or licensed clinician in behavioral mental health or an organization or an employer, if there's something that you need or want to be successful in your role, we can deliver it. And we don't have to be the only ones doing it. It doesn't have to be proprietary triad stuff. It can be something from our partners. So So contact us. I know we'll share in, uh, along with the the show, we'll share ways to get in touch with us. Um, But uh, come, come talk to us. Oliver mentioned earlier, he likes talking to customers, prospective customers. It's free to be a customer of ours, as we've said. Uh, And we get our best ideas, I think, from the people who are actually in their practice or about to be. So come on in. uh, We're excited to hear from you. That's a great addition. So let's talk about how do people come on in uh, and how do they engage with the Triad community? Give us some ways. Yeah. So I think the the best way to get connected to Triad is just join Triad. So it's uh, visit. you can visit hellotriad.com, hellotriad.com, and uh, just click on the sign up button to register. Um, This is if you are a student or a practitioner or a uh, a, someone working at a behavioral health employer or just an interested party, it is free to join. So uh, you can claim your professional profile by by going to to that site and clicking on sign up today. And then there's a way, I mean, I I will say this, Oliver, I know you're recording this here with me, but I'm I'm just going to put you out there. Um, you can find Oliver Lubin is his name. It's Oliver Lubin. You can find him through Triad and send him a message. I love that and, piece. And I believe he'll be interested in hearing from yeah. you and, uh, and we'll get back to you. So I think that's really the best way we want to drive a lot of activity to and through the community. Come find us there. It's free to join and then reach out. Wonderful. Wonderful. Great, great community. So many things on here, listeners, uh, that you benefit from. Again, the price tag is pretty sweet, free. And it is such a, a great place for all things mental health and behavior health. And I think you're going to really just grow from this, get to connect with those that are like-minded at all aspects of your career in this field. So Brandon, Oliver, great to have you guys back with us. I look forward to having you back maybe a handful of months from now and maybe the middle of next year and uh, to see what else is growing on. But uh, for today, thank you so much for uh updating us on the things regarding the triad community. Thanks, Grant. Appreciate you having us here. And 
you know, Oliver said this before, um, you know, things are always changing on triad. So I imagine a couple months down the road, we'll have uh, a whole new set of new things to learnings we've had, new features, products we developed to, uh, to share back with our listeners. So looking forward to it. Nice. Yep. Thanks, Graham. Thanks for having me, everybody. It's been great chatting with you and I love telling everybody about what we've been working on and what to look forward to. Yeah, I look forward to it as well. I also want to thank you, our listeners, for joining Brandon, Oliver, and me today. We always appreciate you being with us. I want to remind you that this episode, its resources, and all of our other shows can be found on our webpage at triadhq.com slash BHT. So go check out our webpage, triadhq.com slash BHT, and explore our archive of podcasts and our resource materials. Thanks again for being with us on the show, and we'll look forward to having you back with us next time on Behavior Health Today. We appreciate all the support from our community, and if you like our show, one of the best ways you can support it is by giving us a five-star rating and leaving a review. Behavioral Health Today is a podcast part of the Tribe Network, all rights reserved.